What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Hello. What's up? How's it going? Welcome back to uh, America. United Thank States. you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I am welcome. back from Jamaica. Is that what you're referencing? My my, uh, yes. my recent yes. trip to Jamaica. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. I was um, going to say whatever. What is a Jamaican greeting? That's how I was going to greet you, but then I couldn't think of how. I don't know a Jamaican greeting. Wagwan. Oh, that's it. That's a, that is one. Did you hear anybody say that for real in in Jamaica? Because you have uh, I don't. Like a week. <laughs> I don't think so. I heard some other tourists say it, but I don't think I heard any Jamaicans say it. But uh Yeah, they say man a lot, definitely. Yaman. Yeah. yeah. To, to men and women, which I thought was cool. Okay. Yeah. Yaman. Uh our caddy at golf at one point said, Ear me now. I thought that was cool. That is cool. That's a good one. You know? I didn't I didn't know they said that, but that was pretty cool. Uh yeah, it was great. It was great. It's good to be back in America, but it was fun. Uh, how was your week without me, even in the country? It was good. It was uh, pretty smooth. We got a whole roof up in the air, uh, shorthanded, because not only were you out, but our other guy, Nick, was out. So uh, I was proud of the progress that we made. I am so proud. Uh, not only was it a lot to get done, like, shorthanded, it, like, this job is just flying along. It's it's like it incredible where we're at because we started it. I want to say we've been there less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. We like fully started framing. I feel like midweek of the prior week, and now the end of this week, roof is up, roof is framed, shingles are on, watertight, um, amazingly efficient, especially with everything going on. Me going to Jamaica, which probably helped out a lot, getting out of your way. <laughs> Um, Nick was out. So yeah, I'm like amazed by it. Yeah. And we even like the, the access of this yard is, is wet. So we couldn't get the Moffat for deliveries back into the yard. So we even had to spend some time like on that, the first day we had to move a bunch of lumber to the back, but even while you were gone, we had to move a bunch of deck boards back. So that really took up, that chewed up a lot of time and we were still ahead of the game. So it was pretty pretty smooth. Yeah. It looks like it's because. Today is Sunday. Mm-hmm. We didn't do uh, the podcast on Friday because I was traveling back from Jamaica. And for the people, I guess, that, that don't know, it was the Decorators Pro Summit. So it's a uh, it's a trip for like all the top contractors that get to go away. And uh, it's mostly just relaxation. They have they have a couple like little events, but mostly just like hanging out with everybody else, um, which is really cool because you can you can talk about your business. You can you can have these little conversations and learn a lot about other people and learn a lot about things that you could be doing in your business. So that's why I was away. And that's why we didn't do it on Friday. So now it's Sunday morning. And I also got the amazing treat of being able to check out the YouTube video this morning of what you guys did all week, which is like my favorite thing of going away. So um, I tried to... I really wanted to ask uh, like Friday and Saturday, like, How's the video coming? Did you guys get enough footage? But I was mm-hmm. like, they know, they know what to do. I don't, I don't need to micromanage from a foreign country. It's ridiculous. So I knew you guys would kill it, and you did. I loved the video. It was awesome. And 
you know, it, it was just, it was really cool to see everything go, you know, at least pretty smooth where you guys got so much done. Uh, I was like super impressed by everything. So proud of you guys. Not that I didn't think that you could do it because I know that you can. You guys are powerful beyond measure. <laughs> more than more than you could ever even know. So Yeah. Um, now, did you wait until this morning to watch the vlog? Because it was up on, on Friday afternoon. And you I waited? Saw. I waited, yeah. Uh, self-control. I did. You. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I did go on. And um, I think I looked yesterday just to see. Okay, it should probably be getting uploaded now. Let me see if it's going up there. Mm-hmm. I did see it, so uh, not that I had any doubt, but you know me, I'm just so <laughs> so anxious when it comes to to the video getting up and everything like that. So I thought it was awesome. Great job on the thumbnail as well. Yeah, I thought that was like perfect. It was it was from the ground. You could see the rafters. Half of it was sheathed. I thought mm-hmm. it just like was was such a good angle. So. Great job on that. Uh, thank you, thank you. You guys, you guys really killed it. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you're welcome or whatever. Uh, what was what was like the highlight of your week? Um, the highlight of my week. I think that uh, probably was it, it Monday comes- before I left. <laughs> Monday was pretty fun. That was a pretty fun day. It was, it was, it was a little spicy and you were being like particularly annoying on purpose and it was, it, made it was some, fun. Some yeah. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept um, talking in a Jamaican accent. Yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Wagwan. Uh, but while you were, while you were gone, like on the day we li- got the ridge in the air, it was Steve filming and then Aunt, me and Jose. And yeah. Aunt was stressed. He was he was, he was like, "We're gonna do this, but it's gonna be terrible," and it like could not have gone smoother or easier, and everything was completely fine. So to have him at the end to be like, "Good job, team," I was like, "Yeah, I saw in the video you it. were you were up there <laughs> uh, setting those rafters." Yeah, how was that? Was that? Uh, it looked like it looked like you did a great job. I mean, it looked like it went pretty smooth. It went fast. Um, it did. That was another I feel thing. Like that was, was probably your first time like up on on the beam, like nailing off the rafters as they're all going up. Um, yeah. We, how was that? Was it cool? We did. We worked off ladders. We didn't usually we stand on the beam to nail the rafters, but this time we worked off of ladders because we had to keep getting down because we didn't have a person to hand us the rafters. Right, right, so right. So it was a lot of up and down. And I wasn't like walking the beam like we normally do, but um, but it was great. It was another thing that Ant was very stressed about, um, which, I mean, he gets stressed either way on like rafter day. So I don't think that I wasn't taking it personally, but, um, yeah. but he, you know, at the end he was like, well, wow, that was great. It, it went pretty smoothly. Um, so no complaints. It went, went pretty easy. Great job. I, I think I did a good job. I mean, he marked the layout. So if, if something is wrong, then it's his fault. It's his fault. I'm that's fault. always, that's always good to have that <laughs> fall back on. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It did go. It went, it went perfectly smooth and it was, it was quick and it was easy. So, it was good. Awesome. And I'm glad that I like I'm usually not the the rafter or I I've helped helped with the ridge before with like the genie lift, but um I'm never the rafter person, so that was pretty cool. Glad to be up there. Yeah. Well, you killed it. Uh I'm super, super impressed by everything that you guys got done this week. It was awesome. And uh 
I get a couple, a couple, maybe a couple takeaways from from Jamaica because it was mm-hmm. a really cool trip. Um, it's just great to be able to hang out with like other business people that are in the same industry. But this one is particularly cool because it's I just kind of get invited because of the social media stuff that we do, and um, I'm just happy to be invited. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a fun trip. It's it's cool. So I'm I'm really appreciative that I, I even get an invite to go to this because everybody else is like the top volume builders uh, mm-hmm. for the company. And it's so cool to get their perspective on just how they run their business and the the size, the scale, the systems, everything that they have in place to be able to build like hundreds of decks a year is is so cool. And yeah. it's I love it because you know, I'm one of the only people there that is not building at that kind of volume. So, you know, so they, I think they also like to get some of my perspective on some of the social media stuff and the video stuff. So it's like really cool. It's not like, I don't know, like everybody I talk to, I have like so much to learn about just the scale of their business. And there's like little things that you can take away and figure out how to implement into a small business just to make it more efficient. and. I love that, and uh, and it's also you know you're at an all inclusive in Jamaica, so it's like yeah, the scenery that's so pretty bad cool too. by itself. So um, a couple, uh, so one, I thought that I was going to die at one point. Oh, yeah, we went golfing, and mm-hmm. um, our caddy was like the so everybody had to get a caddy each cart, so there was two caddies per foursome and they just like rode on the back of our car and ours was like this super old like insanely grumpy guy i didn't think he was actually going to kill us but i thought like it could have been a possibility but it was like it was like really scary and uh who are you who are you in the cart with i was with mike scott from simcoe decks okay and it was just it made the whole experience like it was he was like so grumpy and like, you know, just like so over all of our antics and everything. And like, we're not good at golf either. So, um, and then Mike decided not to listen to him on like what club to use for like on the second hole. And then after that, the guy was just totally done. And then I just kept yelling. I'm like, why aren't you listening to him? What is wrong with you? Listen to your caddy, you idiot. And, uh, yeah. And then at one point, the other caddy, like gave us some tips and then after that hole he like came over and like cornered us and he was like i'm your caddy do not listen to him he's not your caddy i'm your caddy he doesn't know what's best for you was that oh, good gosh. that was a terrible jamaican accent that you were kind of getting arnold schwarzenegger on that yeah it all kind of blends <laughs> together but um <laughs> it was uh but it it was like scary because we were like this guy he, he might kill us he's like he's really disgruntled um so oh, it was <laughs> it was pretty fun. I have a picture of them too. Do you want to see? Definitely. Okay. Uh, but it just like made the whole thing. It was it was ended up being like a really fun uh part of it. That's nice. Oh yeah. He looks like um the he looks like he doesn't look like the guy from uh what's that golf movie? Uh man, I'm yeah, happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, we kept we kept calling him Chubbs. It was pretty funny. 
Um, it was it was awesome. We had a great foursome because like none of us are good. It was mm-hmm. me, Mike from Simcoe Dex, um, Leif's brother Tom from Cascade, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie Hasink. And none of us are good like oh. at all. It was really fun, and uh, it was just it was great. It was great. None of us took it serious, and uh, it was just it was fun. So that was cool. Did you do any other like planned activities other than golf? No, that was kind of free for all. Yeah, because we got there Tuesday, like mid afternoon. So we just like kind of chilled for a little bit. And then they had like a welcome dinner, kind of like cocktail hour thing. That was it. And then the next day was just like chilling by the pool, hanging out. And uh, yeah, then, then Thursday was the only day with activities. And there was supposed to be a catamaran trip that everyone signed up for. Sarah was supposed to go on it. But uh, this, the ocean was like insanely choppy, like all week. Like it looked like terrifying. So it got oh. canceled. Oh, um, stinks. I guess. I don't, See, I don't. There's something about like boat trips. Like just like being stuck out on a boat with like, I don't know, a captain that you don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I don't like that. So I wasn't going to go either way. But like uh, Gilligan's Island situation. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, <laughs> it's like the seas are like so choppy and rough. And then like you're going on this little rinky dink catamaran. Mm. But and like kind of it would be even worse because everyone on the island would have like a similar skill set, like of just building decks. <laughs> so like it really wouldn't go well. Yeah. So anyway, right, but it was so a great trip. But wait, what were your business takeaways? So some business takeaways that I got. Should we should we just jump into that, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So you uh, anything else you want to talk about? I guess I guess I guess that's it. No. Um so like I said, being able to hang out with other people that are in the same industry, but everyone is coming at it with a totally different perspective than me, especially because they're scaling the business, they're doing volume. And a couple of the things that um, that I really took away from it was, well, number one, what we talked about, I don't think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, big jobs versus small jobs. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them across the board are doing smaller projects. Like they're doing, um, one of the companies I talked to, like their sweet spots around like $25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to get in and out in less than a week. Uh, with and that's digging footings, pouring concrete, the whole thing. So they're doing so many more. They're doing a couple hundred of those projects a year versus, you know, a lot less bigger projects. And that was that was like kind of common across the board was everyone was doing smaller projects. They would maybe do um everyone kind of had the same most people had the same uh idea that it's cool to do bigger projects and they like to do one or two a year possibly, but they never make as much money as the smaller projects. Mm-hmm. And there's always a million more headaches and it's just a lot more handholding with the client throughout the entire process. So that was, that was like a very common thread throughout everybody that I talked to. And what I really took away from that was it comes down to a repeatable system. It has mm-hmm. to be something that is like, copy paste um just onto the next one so it was very cool to talk to the salesperson so so one of the companies there um they they brought their salesman so 
he was like kind of walking me through that side of it, how they go from the lead, how they divvy it up. So each salesperson has a different territory and they go, you know, to the, to the call, they'll, they'll, you know, handle that whole side of it. They'll handle from the, the lead coming into the closing of the deal and they'll do a little design for them. Again, a lot of these are much simpler, so they're not going to require a super complicated design process and everything. But then after that point, they kind of hand it off to a project manager and the job is is just taken to completion from there. And they don't have to be holding anyone's hand throughout that process. They just have the system really locked in where it just makes it, it everyone has their part in the process and it makes it so much easier. And in the end, I think if done right, it makes it can make for I don't want to say better experience for the client, but a really good experience for the client. Like you're never going to be able to duplicate the experience that we give a client because our clients like they like the fact that we're there. I'm the one that designed it and then I'm going to be there on site every day. So mm-hmm. there's a certain type of client that we have that really loves that process, but there are other ones that just want like a smooth transaction. They want to have the deck designed, sold, built and and taken care of and they don't need that like, you know, super personable interaction. They just want something that's that's smooth, feels organized, feels um you know, just feels complete like a complete process start to finish and i think that is what all of these companies have figured out a way to do and that's why they've 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 created this repeatable process and are able to do a couple hundred decks a year because to me that sounds like just insane yeah what do you think yeah um yeah i feel like if if you have people in very specific roles then that that is a great way to do it. But I also feel like I like the way that we do it because no one gets bored. Everyone's always, which maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe, maybe we do like just live in too much chaos or something, but I like that. It's like, uh, yeah, no one's getting bored because everyone does a little bit of different. Like they have a little bit of something different every day to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Hey, we can always look at our systems and revamp if need be. And that's Absolutely. another thing. We are we're very nimble. So if we do want to just try something new, we can and we do have that flexibility. So we could throw out the whole process today and start a new one tomorrow. Oh no problem. It would, yeah. it would be so easy. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Um I, I I think the one thing that that we can fall back on as a uh, a level of comfort is that I'm not capable of running a business like that. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> like this is this is the type of business that I can run. Yeah. And that that's something that, that you see talking to these other people. You you see that they're they're like a little bit different in the way that they look at things and they have a, a distinct different personality, I think. Not not from like a, a hanging out perspective, but like from a how they think about things, how they're implementing systems. It's just like the way that their brain works in a business capacity. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it's different from the way that mine works. And and that's what that's what ultimately you need to be aware of is like, what is your skill set? What are you good at? How can you scale those things? How can you turn the things that you're good at into your business model? And yeah. it doesn't have to be 
just scale until you're huge because yeah. a lot of people, myself included, are not going to be good at that. And it's just going to lead to failure probably a lot sooner with a lot more problems along the way than if you just evaluate, hey, these are things I'm good at. I'm really creative. Uh, hey, I like to make these videos. I like to build cool projects. Let me figure out how to use all of those things and create a business around it instead of just, hey, we're a deck building company. So the fastest way to success is to just build hundreds of decks and, and just keep scaling. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't going to be able to do that. Myself, I'm at the top of that line of people that are just not going to be good at that. So um, be real with yourself. And if you're hanging out with people like that, soak up as much as you can. Figure out ways that you can you know, maybe take some of the stuff that they're doing, implement it into your business, but don't feel like you have to follow that as a blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is interesting um, when people ask like, oh, have you ever thought about like franchising or like, you know, opening up different crews and like, se- you know, or like selling your process or whatever. It's like, what? I'm not even sure what we would franchise. Just yeah. figuring it out on your own. And- <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of fun to just like, yeah, here you go. Um, you get to use our logo. Uh, here's like you know a couple, a couple ideologies behind how we like to design stuff. Yeah. Listen to our and, podcast. Um, There's some information in there, and that's it. And then that's, that's kind of part of the package, like <laughs> the the chaos. You know, like no, we're not going to give you anything. Just we just this franchise is, the just chaos. Go. go, yeah. <laughs> uh, the less you know, the better. The less experience, the better. It's going to work great. Um. But no, I thought I thought that we could maybe talk about brainstorm, have a couple referendums around some different process things that we could maybe implement that yeah. the larger scale businesses are doing that we're not right now. Um, so are you talking about like from like you've sold the job to yes. when the job starts, like the stuff that happens in between? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's the biggest part that that we could still become a lot more efficient at mm-hmm. with our leads. I, I like, I don't think that we need a lead CRM, something that's going to like track down where we're at, um, you know, with touching base with people again, like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I don't think is, is really, I don't think that's going to be a huge help to us because we can only do a certain amount of projects. And as weird as this sounds, I think like, you know, people say in sales, you got to follow up, you got to touch base with somebody like 10 times, there has to be like 10 points of contact with that client to get the sale on average. And I feel like the the people that really want to hire us, like they're going to be as much part of the process as we are. So I don't feel like it's going to be the best thing for us to like touch base with somebody a hundred times, like just to get that sale because we can't do every project anyway. And you know, we just have to like figure out who are the best people to work with. And those people are going to put in not as much of an effort as us, but they're going to be as engaged in the process. It's not like you have to like, you know, strong arm them or touch base with them until they, they sign the contract. So I think. And we don't sell a product that it, that lends to that kind of sales process. I don't think like you're never going to talk. You're never going to like bug somebody into buying a $250,000 debt, you know, like, yeah. It's not that's not how the the process really works. So it is better to have like an an involved buyer that yeah. is part of the process for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and I think I think that that was just such a cool thing to to, to listen to and to hear was that 
these companies are so much bigger than us. And yet, you know, we're doing the projects that we're doing are like at the high end of what they might do like once a year or so. So, um, it's just cool to see that other side of it and, mm-hmm. and know that like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, small projects aren't bad. Small projects are fine. And I still would like to incorporate at least a couple more on that smaller side, not super cookie cutter, but like things that are just have less facets to them that we can get in and out and have like a quick win for everybody. Like see that transformation and uh, all that kind of stuff. But what what do you think mm-hmm. would be the number? Like what's one thing within our process from after we sold the job to um, completion that you think could be revamped or improved on? Um, trying to think of what we do between that. Uh, we turn the the rendering into a plan, mm-hmm. and that's on you. You do that right now. Um, yeah. Do you think that's something that you could delegate to maybe Anthony, and then part of like getting it ready to send to whomever we send it to now? Uh, like maybe if he did that, he turned took the rendering, got it ready to send off to. But even then, I don't know if that would work because it's so design focused and that's so like in your brain and your realm. Yeah. But maybe if we could like do that together with like the takeoffs, that could be a good so that it's all ready. Yeah. Well, but you're not going to know what the takeoff is till after the the architectural drawings are done. And that really is more part of the design process because what yeah. I'll do is I'll draw up the design. Um you know, with the, the 3D rendering software. Mm-hmm. And that's just like an artistic representation of what it will be. It's not a blueprint. It's not a construction drawing. So what I'll do is I will take that, I will send it off to the architect and I'll, you know, send all the dimensions and, and all those kind of things. And then there's always a list of important design details that need to be considered by them. Like mm-hmm. this is going to have no collar ties on the roof. So we need a structural ridge. Um, you know, we're going to be stepping down out of the house, like three steps. So we're going to be just below the rim joist. So we need a a concrete foundation connection at the ledger. Different things like that are more design focused than build focused. So I think that part is, works pretty good that the drawings are done. They get uploaded to the drive and then Ant can access them. And then he can do the takeoffs from there once all of the dimensions and the lumber sizing and the spans are all figured out. He can take it from there and do the takeoff. And that's really where the build process, I feel like, starts. That's when it goes from the design part's kind of done. Now we're going into the build process. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about this, this is a lot you. Because right now you are doing the lumber takeoffs. So it's like... So we found the bottleneck. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) We really did. Right now the me just bugging you like did you do the plans yet can we get that to the we got to get the permit ready yeah can we do that and then then you do that and then you do the lumber takeoff and i do the permit but we that's usually like a like a joint thing yeah yeah um just because every town's different and they're like they would need different things so such a pain hmm i'm not sure we're doing it in the most efficient way but i'm also not sure how to fix it yeah, and I don't want to say fix it because it's not like it's not like it's not going well. But there's you know you can always be improving. You can True. always be always be changing and improving. Yeah, for this job, I did write a note down of all the because 
one of the things we we're going to try to do was have everything ordered and ready before we even get to the job. That was like, yep. that was our goal. So I did make a checklist of like what, what needed to be ordered and what needed to be like figured out and what takeoffs needed to be done. Yeah. Um, was that helpful at all? It definitely was because, uh, although, you know, you, you kind of gave it to me, you're like, I want all this stuff ordered before we start anything. And I loved the sense of urgency with that. It mm-hmm. wasn't, well, what I'm about to say, I could also just finish with not with that attitude. Yeah. So I don't want to say it wasn't <laughs> I possible. There was, um, I would have had to have a little bit more notice if we wanted to get everything ordered before the job started because mm-hmm. the couple things that pretty much everything's figured out besides colors at that point. Like we have the yeah. series, like everything's done. So I, I don't want to. At that point, we hadn't picked out all the final colors yet with the client. And I don't want to be like, okay, you have one day to, to pick this. So That's I presented true. everything. We had a, a design meeting and, and we looked at all the samples and we put them all together and all that kind of stuff. Looked at the rendering, mm-hmm. fleshed out a couple different options. And then I said, okay, by the end of the week, I'd love to get this stuff ordered. So you know, you have about a week to, to look at the, the renderings that I've given you, yeah. look at the samples and all that kind of stuff. A lot of these decisions aren't affecting the price. So it's within, you know, the same series or the same line. So mm-hmm. it's really just a color option at that point. And yeah, but having that in front of me, like did help because now we're, we've got everything ordered. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's made this project go so smooth already, even though we're just in the framing stage, it was there's none of those those like little decisions like okay what materials go in here um how is this going to be how's this going to look how, what's the finished detail on this like how does it need to be framed like that stuff was all figured out so we're less than 2 weeks into the job and everything has been ordered from all the finishes to um ceiling the stone veneer all of that stuff has been ordered and is ready to go so um I think that was super helpful to have just that encompassing list of these are all of the different products that we're going to need on site at mm-hmm. some point. And especially with a bigger project, it's easy to just say, we ha- we still have a couple weeks for this. We don't want to get the job site too clogged up with too much material that we don't need yet. Yeah, And that can go from being a true statement that holds a lot of weight to uh, an excuse and a crutch that you lean on, like, no, we don't. It's going to make the job site too crowded, so let's not let's not order that yet. Let's not even figure out what's going to, you know, what the the material takeoff is. Yeah, and I think that that definitely helped. Um, I think I think the the biggest thing. I don't think that we're doing anything wrong or like we I feel like we're in are, trouble. We just made ourselves be in trouble. Like we need to fix things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like we just sent ourselves to the principal's office. Yeah. Like, well, what did you do wrong? Tell me. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. But I think this is the this is the best way to do this exercise. Is yeah. like pull yourself on. Try to find the things that you're doing wrong so that you can improve it. Like, yeah. nothing's going like so sideways that it's like, okay, this needs to be fixed, <laughs> and that's good. Yeah. But also, you can just become complacent with like, hey, things are running like pretty good. You know, it's like. Eh, we're you know we're building these projects and uh, no one's killed each other yet, so we don't need to change anything. Yeah, but 
I think this is this is a great exercise to figure out what are the things that we that we could fix or improve on to make it a little bit smoother, make mm-hmm. the jobs get completed faster. And I think the the list idea, like you wrote out a handwritten list, taped it to right next to my desk, and we're like, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Get it done. No excuses. Shut up and get it done. Or don't talk <laughs> to me. I think that's exactly what you said. Sounds like something to me. It definitely does. Um, <laughs> Um, I do think that, uh, like, obviously, on every job, we're going to need deck boards and lumber and, you know, ceiling material. And, like, we know those things. Yeah. Um, but the one thing, another thing that we discussed is, like, the extras that usually the homeowner is required to purchase on their own, like yeah. fans or the TV or the grill package or that kind of stuff. That is another yep. thing that really slows us down because if they don't have it, then, you know how are we going to frame out the kitchen if we don't know what's going in the kitchen and how are we going to, you know, right. keep going if we can't move around, you know, work around that kitchen detail. So that is something that definitely we could get. Um, and it's like each, each client is so different with how they handle those things. Cause some clients are like, I don't know, you tell me what to order and I'll get it. Like, yeah. And some people are like, I have to, this is a, the grill is the biggest decision I will ever make in my life. I really need time to yeah. sit on this and figure out what I want. Yeah. So, it, that's definitely something we could at least I'm not sure if we you know handle that any differently but definitely move it up in the process so then those things are there when we get there because that would be because and when you get into things like fans like the grill is fine because that's the stuff that we do but like the fans the electrician has to do that kind of stuff so it's like yeah then it might result in like having to have the electrician back out because we didn't have what he needed there when he was there the first time so I definitely think that could get moved up in priority yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think the thing that would help us the most is just having all of these things in the same place. Like, like I don't think the, it's not like the things that we're doing are, are not working out for us or are not efficient. If we can just put them into more of a framework of the job has been sold, this is the very next step in the system is mm-hmm. now we do all these things. We make a list of Okay, they signed on. We know what what product series they're using. We haven't determined colors yet. So, very next thing on the agenda is to write down all of those next decisions that need to be made and get started on those right away. So, I think everything that we're doing is is working out really well. But if we could have it a little bit more, are you writing this down? I am writing this down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a process about this. This is oh my exciting. god. This is really great. This is really great. Um. <laughs> But having it kind of all together, like we do a lot of stuff on Google Drive. We have a job drive for each project that we're doing. And we try to put as much stuff there as possible. We have the plans, we have the renderings, we have uh, material takeoffs there. I think just having everything in the same place where we know it's going to be might improve the process a little bit more because right now it's like that worked out great. This time, like writing it down on a piece of paper, putting it right next to my face. And maybe it needs to be a combination of both, but just having that almost like not a, a, a checklist for each job, but like a process checklist. Like yeah. job has been sold, contract signed. Next thing is we need to write a list of client uh I don't want like client objectives, like things that they need to figure out and we need to help them figure out. Mm-hmm. Um and all of the things that we need to do takeoffs and order 
and do that like way early in the process and and just have it all in one spot. So I think I think that's something that we can explore because we don't want to have like too much in the same spot where it's like, okay, now this Google Drive thing is cluttered and there's like a hundred things in there, but we're yeah. finding that balance of what is gonna be efficient, what's gonna keep us on the right track and yeah. not be like so redundant and so overthought that it slows us down. Yeah. And I definitely want to do it in a thoughtful way that like we like checklists sometimes get ignored because you're just so used to seeing them that yeah. it just like your your brain just like blocks them out. And sometimes I think the things on Google Drive, it's an easy you you have to go into it to access it. So it's like that gives you another excuse to not look at it. Yeah. So I think we will need to really get a good process that works for us regarding yeah. that. Definitely. Definitely. So. so now that the idea the the idea no, has been created and given to you and yeah. if it doesn't work flawlessly, it's a hundred percent your fault. <laughs> because I laid out Dream, like, extreme ownership. I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I will give it to you. There you go. No ownership on my part. Um that's also a really that's a really cool part of being at these things. Um, you know, talking with the manufacturers and they want everybody's input. Like, what did you know? What do you think is going to be like the next thing that we need to do, or come out with, or product, or uh, something that that we need to do better? Mm-hmm. And as a contractor, you can just like, you know, kind of riff on on different ideas and and say, this is what you need to do. Like, this is going to be the next thing. Yeah. And then you just like go home and don't have to worry about it. It's all <laughs> on them to to figure yeah. it out and take it from there. Like, you guys take it. Take yeah, it. and then you can check in with them next time you see them. Like, how how'd you guys make out with that? Because if it didn't work out, it's all your fault. I gave you the it was a brilliant was idea. There. So there was no follow through on on your end, and that was where the problem occurred. So I love doing that. That's great. That is um, fun. I got to go to a, a, a I forget what the, like an innovation brainstorm meeting mm-hmm. uh, with UFP up at their headquarters a couple years ago, and it was so cool to be a part of. Like they just wanted a contractor or a builder to like kind of be part of this brainstorm group so we were up there for like two days and it was so cool because i got to be fully part of the process feel like i had an equal part in the idea and the brainstorm and fleshing out the different pros and cons of some different things that we were talking about and then i just got to go home and have none of the follow-through or anything anything else fell on me i just got to be there for the ideas and i was like this is awesome this is like my this is perfect for me. I just had to be part of the idea brainstorm and then execution. Call me when it's done. Yeah. My parts, my job's over. <laughs> so if you can't do it, I'll find someone that can. Anyway. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're kind of running up on time here. Do you want to, do you want to switch gears into our book review? I do. I have a couple, I have a couple other thoughts that I want to, uh, I want to jump in on real quick. Okay. Uh, plain. Plain etiquette. Oh, okay. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? You got any big, strong emotions on that? God, so many strong emotions on that, honestly. I feel like you probably do, honestly. Um, it was, the the flight there was pretty uneventful, but the flight back had a couple of really, really fun things happen. So, okay. <laughs> the, so you, you know, they, they say, if you're going to be listening to a device, make sure you have headphones plugged in or whatever. 
mm-hmm. there was like this really old person that was like probably like five or ten rows ahead of us, and they were watching like an iPad or something, and they didn't know that their like AirPods weren't hooked up, so they were like, Aww. it was like it like wasn't even loud. It was like kind of <laughs> loud, but this guy like two or three rows ahead of us was like, FYI, they said no sounds. And I was like, oh, God, that's it wasn't even that loud. It was like not distracting. Yeah. And then it didn't stop and it kind of got louder. And because uh, the guy was probably like, I can't really hear it that good. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> have I can't really hear it. And then um, the guy, the guy like a couple rows ahead of us got like really he was really getting pretty incensed about it. And luckily, somebody else hit the uh, call button and and told the flight attendant. And then the flight attendant came back and was like, "They didn't, they didn't know that it wasn't hooked up. Like, it was a mistake. Take it easy." <laughs> but this guy wasn't going to do the call button to talk to the flight attendant and get it taken care of. I think he it was just going to escalate to the point of like having to turn the plane around. So um, <laughs> it was. I just I don't understand why people get like so up in arms about stuff like that you know it's yeah. it's kind of ridiculous but uh so that was kind of fun i was like i was kind of right in the middle of wanting him to stop and wanting him to also to like going to keep going and just like <laughs> see kind of how this unfolds yeah but um another really cool thing that happened was uh well not a really cool thing but there was a lady in front of us and the, it was like kind of turbulent and then we were at a part where it really smoothed out and she looked back to Sarah and was like kind of scared and was like, I think the plane stopped moving. <laughs> I think the plane stopped. And Sarah was like, no, um, it's definitely still moving. <laughs> it's definitely still moving. Like if it stopped, it wouldn't really stop. It would start going in another direction and that would yeah. be down. Um, but I think it might have been like her first time on a plane. Oh, she was like this old Jamaican lady. And, uh, it was just, it was really funny. Yeah, and not heart. funny, but like, <laughs> just, it was kind of like adorable. Like, did the plane stop moving? Like, no, it definitely did not stop moving. <laughs> and then she also was really, she didn't know what was happening when the plane started banking as we were getting mm-hmm. close. She was like, what's happening? And Sarah's like, it's the plane's just turning. It's okay. So and then I got, I think it was my first experience with the end of a flight. Applause. Oh, really? Group applause. Yeah. Have you ever I've been never, part of that? No. Well, I, there was one time that I landed and it was like the worst turbulence as we were landing. And yeah. it was like we were close to the ground and it was really turbulent. And then people were clapping after that. But I was like, yeah. that feels warranted because we all thought we were about to die. Yeah. But like I've never been on like a regular flight where people are just like. Clapping. Erupted applause. That seems yeah. insane. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. And it was like. Did you it partake? Was like a, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. It was, there was like a Jamaican school trip on our plane. So there was probably like 40 kids, like high school kids that were going to Portugal, but they were, their layover was in Philly. So mm-hmm. they kind of got it started. They had like a good solid Aww. core that could all clap <laughs> together. And then it just like quickly spread to everybody else. So, um, Fun. It was great, yeah. They were they were really excited, and I think for a lot of the kids, it seemed like their first uh, plane ride. So, um, it was it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was That's pretty nice. cool. So, Aww. how do you feel about the uh, the, uh, the 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 applause? Are you pro, um, anti? 
if it's like a just like a a regular adult applauding, I feel like a little strange. But if it's like a school trip and then everyone joins in because it's like a fun experience for these kids, I feel like that's really sweet. That's like a heartwarming thing. Yeah, I like that. I agree. I agree with that. Um, um but about, I feel like how about people that stand up as soon as the plane lands? Oh my god, that angers me so much. It's I it's definitely the worst. That. <laughs> um, and we had we had one of the high school kids was sitting next to us in the window seat. And I think it was probably his first time flying, maybe. So he didn't really know the etiquette. But it was really hard not to get mad at him because as soon as it landed, he was like, he's like, can I can I get out first? I need to get my bag. And like the plane had just landed. We're like all the way in the back. And he had to get yeah, man, out we all of do. the window seat, get his luggage from the overhead thing, and then just stand there like right in the middle of the aisle. And it's like, I wanted to be like, you you can wait. Like we all have to. We're not ready to get off yet. Yeah. So it's going to be a minute. Make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. That drives me nuts. And it's like, especially when people like immediately get into the aisle. Yeah. And they're in the back of the plane. It's like, you got a solid 10 minutes here, at least. At least. To keep sitting. Like, you do not need to just clog up the aisle right this second. (laughs) Absolutely not. Oh, okay. We still have a book review to do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough with the plane stuff. Okay. Everyone is that cool on planes, but uh, it was <laughs> it was pretty fun to be a part of the uh, the the group applause. I did enjoy that thoroughly. So and no no doors blew off or anything. No doors blew off. No, that's no, good, that's good. That's All good doors know. stayed intact, which was great. Um, did you see the video? Of, sorry, I don't mean to go back into this, but did you see no. the video of that? Like I did, yeah. And they're it's like terrifying. the plane is banking, and you can just like see right out of that hole, and the person's just yeah. like right there. Mhm. I hope they had their their seatbelt on. But yeah. after you see stuff like that, like when I was it it makes you think more about like well this is this is just like a door. This is a regular yeah. door. It could have faulty <laughs> parts on it, you know, just yeah. like any other door. And like so as I was walking into the plane, you know, like you you're right there and you're like entering you're the hull of the ship. I'm like looking at all the hinges and I'm like how is this is that really strong? Is that like <laughs> it's going to be a, effective? Yeah. Um and all those people yeah. in that video were so calm. And I don't, I, that didn't, that was like the weirdest part to me. No one was freaking out. Yeah. I'll be freaking out. I would definitely be freaking out a lot. I would be so scared. But yeah, anyway. at the very least, like hyperventilating or something. And everyone's yeah. just like kind of sitting there looking out the broken open door. Yeah. Pretty funny. Um, okay. So, book review time. Book review. Uh, so, this week we read Surrounded by Idiots. By Eric what's Thomas Erickson was that Thomas what it was? Erickson yeah something like that something like, like that a, it's like a f- two first names with a son on the end yeah great um, <laughs> great observation there and I was a little worried when we started reading it because like a book called Surrounded by Idiots we always talk about like how people are always trying to make like a punchy title and then be like edgy with it you know but I didn't feel like this led that way um, yeah. But it's about personality types, basically, and how to effectively communicate with different personality types. Yes. And it breaks it down into four, like, main personality types. Um, And then they color code them, so it's easy to remember. And in my opinion, this book was a great start. If you're just kind of delving into, like, personality types and, like, kind of getting to know, getting yourself, like, familiar with that, I think this is a great, like, starting point. Because Definitely. it's easy to understand, and it's only four, when in reality yeah. there's, like, many, many more. But it's a good starting point to kind of 
learn the different personality types and how to effectively communicate. And while I was reading this, I was just thinking about our team and like how different everyone's personality type is and how to effectively communicate with each of our people. Because I think that sometimes I know that that's definitely something that I could work on. So it is really interesting. We all could. It's not just you. We could could all work on it. We can all get better at it. Yeah, it's a collaborative thing with communication. It is. is. Um, So the four types are red, yellow, blue, and green. I don't want to mess this up. I didn't actually write this part down. But the I, red... I, took, I have some notes here. Okay, here, um, then you do it. Yeah, so we have red, which is a type of person characterized by ambition, dominance, decisiveness, competitiveness. Um, you know, the type of people that are going to be like born leaders. They speak their mind. They don't want to do things in the traditional way. And, you know, it's type of people like Steve Jobs, Barack Obama. Um, you know, people that are just like leaders, Bill Gates mm-hmm. type, you know, that that type of like um, person that's going to blaze their own trail. So, um, and they're very direct. yellow. What's that? They're very direct in their communication type. Yes. We have yellow, which is like an optimistic person. They're very outgoing. They're cheerful. They're confident. They're the type of people that are, you know, always going to be sort of like bubbly very chatty and that can be a little bit of an annoyance to some people but they're also the type of people that are going to be like the life of the party they have this like magnetic kind of charisma and energy to them and you know they tend to always be the center of attention and people are always kind of congregating around them Mm -hmm. then we have the blue personality which is the person that hyper analyzes the type a type of person why did you why did you start like, just because, what, that's, like, the complete opposite of me? No, I was laughing at your description of the yellow. Because you're obviously a yellow. You're very, very clearly a yellow. <laughs> and you were very, like, you talked, it seemed like you, you knew that. <laughs> um, No, but that's going to tie in really good with, with what I'm going to say at the end of this. Okay. Um, So blue is the very analytical type of person, type A personality. They want to have all their ducks in a row before they get started. They want, you know, to really get into the little details. They want to have a spreadsheet. Um, You know, they're going to go on vacation and have every single little time slot figured out with what they're going to do and what events they're going to go to, make their reservations. They're, They're a planner and they want to have everything. They want to like everything to be predictable and go according to their plan and uh you know that's gonna cause them to be a lot slower they're not just gonna jump into decisions they're gonna really analyze it and and make a spreadsheet and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then we have green which is the person that just wants to kind of go with the flow they're more of a follower they're they'll rather do what's best for the team than themselves um they don't want to be a disruption they don't want to like cause a scene they just want to kind of like go with the flow do you know what what's going to kind of be like the path of least resistance and that apparently is the most common personality type so mm-hmm. i really like like you were saying i think that it was a super easy way to start to understand personality types because we've talked about it before the myers briggs i think that is the kind of universal like first thing that you'll learn about personalities in a college class or anything like that and there's i i I can never remember what i am or 
what anyone else is or what the yeah. things are even called because they're you know they're it's like two letters and a combination and it's just really confusing this mm-hmm. i really like because it's it's just four colors so i think this makes it so much easier to identify somebody and you know n- not everybody is going to be like, okay, you are this. It's always going to yeah. be a combination of some different personality types. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be 60% red, 40% yellow. So you're kind of like a reddish orange, you know? <laughs> but you can, it's just easier to like get the hang of it and understand it. Yeah. Because it's categorized by colors. I really like that part of it. It made it so much easier for me to like remember and, uh, you know, I think eventually apply it to people. You'll be able to see, oh, this is a red person. And what I was yeah. going to say was after red, I feel like, so green is the most popular. Mm-hmm. And I feel like red is the one that is probably like the most popular that people think they are, but they're not. Does that make sense? Oh, you think? I, what I, I think that red is like, has a kind of like a negative connotation. Really? Like you're kind of, well, because it's broken up into like people oriented or task oriented and then introverted or extroverted. Mm-hmm. And red is task oriented extrovert. So they're just like they're just bossy and opinionated and brash in their manner of communication. Which I would say that I am brash in my communication, but I wouldn't kind of I, <laughs> I think that I can be a bit abrasive, but I would not consider myself a red. But I did see some char- some red characteristics in in myself. Yeah, you're always but, but, I, but it was like <laughs> when I was like, oh yeah, I kind of do that a little bit. It wasn't like a good thing. I wasn't like proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna reclassify that. I feel like red is the most over self diagnosed, probably for men. Okay. It's yeah, like that would the probably alpha be. male kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, you a, say like I'm born a born leader. leader. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I'm ambitious. I'm. <laughs> decisive on the battlefield i'm competitive uh so i think i think most men even if they're not even close to that would probably be like oh yeah i'm i'm definitely red um and that's that's probably so you were laughing because you're like you're definitely a yellow i was thinking i'm like "Mm, i'm probably more of a red i'm definitely a yellow red and a yellow no Uh, Probably not. Probably I think not. That you're, but it, well, I, I got caught in that trap. You know, like, I, oh, yeah, I'm definitely like a <laughs> alpha leader. I'm like the leader of the wolf pack, definitely, you know. So, and I think that it, like, the, in this book, they talk about, like, like a lot of, they've related a lot to work, but also, like, your personal life. And I would say, if you asked, like, my sister what kind of person I am, and then you asked, like, you what kind of person I am, I, you'd probably say different things because at work i'm very different than in my personal life you know so maybe maybe when you think of it you're thinking of it all together so sarah might be like he's a red and it's awful (laughs) so (laughs) um or like she might be like oh he's a green he's very easy to get along with and very passive but like we don't see that side of you at work you know that's definitely what sarah would say she would be like he's very easy to get along with (laughs) no never fighting never causing a kerfuffle or anything right uh i think that that was funny how you put that because i would say you have a lot of red characteristics you know you're very uh you let your opinion be known you're Mm -hmm. you don't shy away from it but uh 
in your personal life is because isn't your sister like the bossy one in your family? So, so much I think I think that's I, like really funny because I, I remember you saying that and like I never put it together. But, you know, you are you like the submissive one that just kind of goes with the flow in your family? Yeah. I think if you ask anybody in my family or even like my friend group probably would say that I was like a green. I'm green. But I just kind of go with the flow. I'm easygoing. But there's a lot yeah, less maybe. stakes in your personal life. So it's like I don't need to be bossing around anybody. My Somebody friends, you know. To. There always needs to be like that one leader of of the friend group, you know? Yeah, and I feel like like I guess when it comes to like organizing things, like sometimes I am, but Yeah. But like between me and my sister, it would 100% be my sister. Yeah. I think that's so. that's interesting because I initially was just thinking of professional life and business and how I would classify myself, but I would say like in my personal life, especially with friends and everything, I'm 100% a green. I'm just like, yeah. whatever anybody's doing, I literally don't care where we go. <laughs> I have no opinion on anything. It's just like, whatever anybody wants to do, I'm fine with. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely not going to be the one making the plans. Uh, just like, hey, let me know what everyone's doing. And if I can come, I'll come. And I'm completely fine with whatever we do. I don't care at all. Yeah. Um so that's that's uh, interesting. I didn't I didn't even think of that. Uh that you can really be complete opposites because I would say I'll walk back what I said about the red. I think that I am probably more yellow, optimistic, can be a little chatty, mm-hmm. and tend to annoy some people. <laughs> but their personalities can be infectious yeah. and charismatic and they tend to be the center of the party, which I yeah. uh, I'd love to disagree with, but I just I I don't have evidence that disagrees with that. I will say, uh, you know, <laughs> I might be the the life of the party. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I yeah. Got, that's that's funny because I when it came to red, I was viewing it as all my negative things, and I'm def- yeah. I don't I would not consider myself like a born leader. I would say that I'm like a a gatherer of people, but I'm not like a this is the direction we're going in. I'm more of like an organizer. Yeah. So I did not, I would not say that I'm a red other than like the bad things. I'm a bad red. Huh. <laughs> it's fun. It's also funny how you are reading these things and you like pick out the things that you align with that you're bad at when I just look at the things that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a red because I'm like a leader. I'm decisive. <laughs> and, and I didn't look at, you know, I didn't, I wasn't looking at like the annoying part. I'm like, yeah, I'm a yellow because, you know, I'm, optimistic and confident and my personality is infectious um so i tend to look at all the positive things about myself and that's how i picked my personality type you looked at oh yeah i'm definitely a red because this is bad and this is what i do yeah so but ultimately i think that um like a good exercise to be like to do is to like kind of self-analyze yourself decide what you are and then ask all your coworkers what they think you are because when it comes to communicate, like this is a communication exercise. So if if you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm a red. I am. I'm dominant. I'm assertive. I can lead anybody. And then your you know your whole crew says like you're a whole different personality type. You're like, oh, this is probably why it's not like meshing. This is probably why my message is not coming across, and we're not doing a good job at communicating. Yeah, that could definitely do it. That could absolutely yeah. do it. Um, yeah, I, I think. We're both analyze like picking our personality type from two different perspectives. Like I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
my eyes go right to the positive things and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely that. Your eyes are going to like, oh yeah, I'm probably a little bit of a red, but you're noticing all the bad things about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Ask other people because obviously you're not going to be the best evaluator of yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to gravitate towards the good things or the bad things. And it's really hard to have a completely, um, you know, uh, what do you, what do you call that? Like non biased opinion of yourself, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so what are, what are we've, I feel like that was the big takeaway from the book was just how to evaluate different people's personality. This is a really good framework to remember like what those personality types are. There are those four distinct things and mm-hmm. this made it really easy to remember that. But you know, what are some tips for like communicating with those types? I think the biggest battle is just figuring out what that, what type of person that person is. But then there are some different uh, communication strategies around communicating with them. So what do you have for us yeah. there? Um, so in the like the crisscross diagram of it where it's like extroverted introverted people oriented task oriented um the the advice of how to communicate with people is like how they're going to receive it because ultimately communication is only effective if the person you are explaining something to understands and is taking in what you're saying so yeah. like when you're like a yellow is more people oriented they care about people's feelings and they they react emotionally rather than just like so that and I'll use us as examples for this. I feel like I am a I take direct like I want direct and clear communication and that's how I that's how I give my opinion directly. <laughs> so I don't need people to like kind of go around, around my it. feelings. I need them to be direct with me and then I'll fix it or whatever and then I'm over it. And like I don't I don't take it personally, I don't get mad. Um but I feel like you like like you know you're you're a people person so you like a little bit of a you know a, a softer approach i like a little song and, and dance around it yeah it's more <laughs> a of a song and a dance but you like a little bit of a you know just a, yeah. like a i don't want to say a softer blow because not all not all not everything's like bad it's not like we're ever like yelling at each other but like you know you like Sometimes, it yeah. phrased a little bit differently and i think that like anthony he's very direct anthony loves a direct thing he he does not need any like dancing around it or anything but this last week we were talking about something and you were like what was your opinion on this thing and i was like do you want my direct opinion or do you want me to (laughs) dance around it and you said direct remember that (laughs) i can't remember what it was about um oh yeah i do remember okay never mind yeah then i said i was like do you want do you want my direct feedback and i said it and it was in front of steve and anthony yeah. And you and Steve were both like, oh, gosh, man, she's mad. And it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I was like, this is like a perfect example of how people receive information because you guys took it like I was mad. But Anthony was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You weren't mad. You seemed I wasn't mad. mad. No, I wasn't Are you sure? There was, you were I in some mad. sort of mood. I don't know what was up, but you were See, in a mood. That's what it means. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I wasn't mad at all. And I was, you know, I was just giving my opinion, which I, I, I do appreciate. But that it's not. Opinion. And I realize that that is not always effective. My way of communicating is not always effective. So, no, it, it is. It was a good it exercise 
that was just like a good example to me of like yeah you know i think i think I'm i would not- prefer you to be direct with your feedback and not dance around it but i'm still just gonna be like i don't know that's just part of my personality to like you know kind of just make a big deal about it not in like a <laughs> negative way but just in like a funny way like oh yeah. you must be mad yeah you're mad <laughs> uh so that is that is it's it's important it's important to know these things and just be, yeah just be conscious of it it's not there's this is a framework and it's something that you can implement but it's not a guide of this is exactly how you do this thing right. it's just being more conscious of you know, if something, if a communication style doesn't work with somebody, you can look at it and be like, like you were just saying, okay, maybe the way I'm I'm delivering this information is not the best way that they're going to receive it. So mm-hmm. let me think more about them and what their personality is rather than me and how I like to give feedback. Let me think about how they're going to receive it and yeah. cater it that way. We mm-hmm. always just want to do everything our own way. And a lot of times when people are talking, like, especially if it's something that is more of a negative connotation, like an argument or a debate or uh, a disagreement, we want to like, you know, think about our response before the person's even done talking. When Mm -hmm. what you should really be doing is thinking about, you know, where they're coming from and put yourself in their shoes and how they're going to receive it. And Ultimately, that's how you not win the argument, but that's how you get your point across in the most effective way and right. um, come to an understanding faster rather than just like digging in and trying to leverage your personality type. And just if you're that red person, just barrel them over. Mm-hmm. Think about if they're a blue person, very analytical, phrase it in a way that makes sense to them and put it in terms of this is what this means. And if this plan works, it's going to be X, Y, and Z. And we're going to be able to track it. We're going to get data on this, you know, like things like mm-hmm. that. Just just think about the person that you're pitching it to or communicating with. And it's something that, that'll that'll just get better with time if you're conscious of it. It's not like yeah. a you're going to be perfect at it right away because you're definitely not. Yeah. And I think I like the way that this was wrapped up in like, the most important thing is that ev- like when you're working with a team is that everybody ends up on the same page. So yeah. as much as you might be like, I've been this way for 35 years and I'm not changing my communication style because this is just how I talk and people are going to have to get used to it. It's like, okay, but then your team isn't going to, res- you know, you're not going to get the the outcome that you want if you don't like switch it up a little bit. So, you know, yeah. stick with your ways and have an ineffective team or learn how to talk to people in their language and have like a really effective like talk and that's how you become like a better leader by like learning how to talk to people who are different than you and i thought that that was like a really good message the most important thing is that the team ends up on the same page i really like that message absolutely absolutely so what what are you going to give this book uh out of 10 what do you think um hmm, okay i think i'm going to give it an 8.4 Oh wow! I, really, I liked it. I I really liked it. I thought it was well written. It was very long, and uh, you know that some of the stuff I feel like you know could have been a little yeah. You know. But it was it was it was long, but it was a really good read, and I think it is like a great starting point for somebody who wants to learn more about like effectively communicating with different personality types. So yeah. I think it was a great read. Eight point eight point four. Is that what I said? Okay. 8.4. What great do you got? Job. Uh, 
I'm going to go with a 6.9. Okay. A 6.9 and... I feel like this is a perfect example of of our personality types because I like the... This is like a dry analytical book and then you really liked the Arnold Schwarzenegger book which was like much more personal and yeah. pers- they had like a personal touch to it. So, man, what a good... It's just proven it's its own point. <laughs> yeah. Um that's exactly my feedback on it is it was it was a little dry. It was mm-hmm. it was very long. I felt like it didn't need to be that long at all. Um mm-hmm. but the principles in it, I really liked how they framed that. I felt like we've read a lot of stuff about personality types and and communication and I felt like this was the easiest framework to understand. And just have it top of mind. Like, yeah. we did the Myers-Briggs things. I've done it, like, five times probably in my life. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you with any type of certainty what my personality type has been every time I've taken it or what they're even called. I can't remember because it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, a letter, right? It's, like, two letters. Yeah, it's, four, it's four letters. Four letters, yeah. So I, I can't remember at all. It's so hard to remember. So I thought that... uh this was just great. It was a great framework for that, but it was long. It was dry. Uh, so that definitely goes into my scoring, uh, especially with audiobooks. I want it to be like an enjoyable listen. Yeah. Um, because I'm listening to it in the car instead of music or radio or anything else. So I like it when it's something that's very engaging and it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to listening to more of that on the way home. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't exactly that, but it had great information, so I'm not going to go too low on it. Yeah. And in the end, it just kind of it, it proved the point of the book. So maybe I got to give it a couple extra points because uh, it's true. Yeah. Our personality types kind of proved it with yeah. our scores. So. <laughs> um, All right. One last well, I, thing I want to say. Go ahead. Before we go, I forgot to tell this funny little story. The first night that uh, we were there in Jamaica. Uh, decorator sent us uh, all these Hawaiian shirts. And so everybody that went, all the men had the same Hawaiian shirt and they wanted us to wear it the first night to like the cocktail dinner and whatever. So then Mm -hmm. we went after that, we went out to the bar and there was just like 30 men all wearing the same exact shirt. And it was really funny. And Mm -hmm. everybody was kind of staring at us and, uh, people somebody came up to me and said i i gotta ask what's with what's with the shirts the matching shirts and i was like oh uh we're actually all named kevin and we're part of a facebook group the kevins of <laughs> kentucky and uh we met and we get together once a year and we believe in the power of kevin and she was like that is so cool oh my god that's awesome and then i saw her go turn around and tell her friend uh what i said and she was like that is amazing. Oh my God. Wow. So that was That's pretty really cool. Funny. That was one of them. That's amazing. Yeah. So, was, uh, anyone, were there any Kevins? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was actually <laughs> Great choice a really Kevinless, like <laughs> Kevinless uh, party. But, uh, That's really funny. That was funny. So, that's, that's the last story I got. I love it. All right. Well, um, I picked a book. Did you, oh. did you pick a new book? No, I didn't. I totally forgot okay. that we do that every week. <laughs> okay. I'm a red. Just, oh wait, that would, no. I'm a yellow. You're the life of the party. You were, you were, you were being the life of the party in Jamaica this exactly. week and you couldn't. You couldn't yeah, I'm on. I get it. Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> um, okay. So I picked 
Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. That's what I wanted to read. That I saw that like a couple weeks ago. Are you saying that for real? I mean, I am saying that for real, totally. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's the science of achieving greater things, and I don't really know anything about it. I've heard of this author before, but I don't think I've ever read any of his books. Book? Have you? I don't think so. No, okay. but it came so, up as one of my recommended things a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't remember the name, but that was it. Yeah. So great job. Hidden potential. Adam Grant for next week. All right. Well, with that, we'll, uh, what do we say at the end? Uh, till next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour, Mon. See you next week. Mon. Bogwan. What did you say? Wagwan. <laughs> Hear me now. Wagwan. Okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye.